0: so you ignorant and hear me you remember take notes cause I saw my rap oats before inviting zealots here's a quote uh-huh.
1: maybe he doesn't know what
0: he has to do what do I have to do he has to give me a new
2: name he's already chosen it he just has to call it out but it's only a story it's not real it's only a story Bastion why don't you do what you dream Bastion but I can't I have to keep my feet on the
3: Mentality
0: and innovators some of y'all may really hate us but we won't be so. all we wanna do is rock you know who I am?
4: I'm Royal have you heard of me? I'm very sorry for your loss your mother was a terribly attractive woman
1: thank
4: you which one are you? Ari Uzi, I'm your granddad hello I'm sorry we haven't gotten to know each other uh, I, I don't get invited around very much what do you think of that by the way Uh, you you don't have to say anything how's your daddy fine you think so how often has he got you working out
5: 16 times a week
4: do me a favor tell him you want to meet me
2: what we just met?
4: no we didn't look i'd like us to have a relationship but we have to pull some strings to make it happen Your internet radio dial is in the perfect position and race to the bottom is on the air. <laughs> Time to sit back and enjoy some refreshing Winslow tea. Try it hot, lukewarm, or over ice. Have it with milk and sugar, or a lemon wedge, or oh natural.
1: Mmm,
4: mmm, mmm. Now that's Winslow tea. A New York City tradition since 1872. Ask for it by name at the tea house or your local greengrocer, because that's how you know it's Winslow. Huzzah! Huzzah is the worst, right? No no more huzzah. We're going to save the cat up in here. You guys know about Save the Cat? It's a screenwriting format. We're going to use it today. First, second, third act. Break into two, break into three opening image, gathering the team, (laughs) we're going to do it all today. This is Andrew Hill. The Winslow Tea Broadcast Booth in chilly Bushwick, Brooklyn. I'm John Reed. This is Radio Free Brooklyn, and you're listening to the award-winning Race to the Bottom one-year anniversary, son. My opening monologue, as always, is sponsored by Winslow Tea, because that's how you know it's Winslow. I'm drinking it right now. Mmm. Ah, lukewarm. Please hashtag your tea drinking experiences with hashtag how you know and steep into the conversation. So we're one year in, and it's like the flywheel effect up in here. It's a positive feedback loop that builds momentum, increasing the payoff of incremental effort. One year, week by week, show by show, shout out to the people who filled in when I wasn't available. Kent and Rena and Aaron. got the momentum we got the feedback loops we got the compounding return on effort we got the direction forward it's a flywheel baby just learned what a flywheel was i heard it i heard it on some smarty pants talking about it on a podcast i had to look up it's a flywheel Engineering, that's Race to the Bottom 2.0. Speaking of 2.0, how about that mashup? Who'd we hear from? We heard from Dire Straits, the intro to Money for Nothing. Got that song in my head when I was in Florida. Florida. We heard from the Fujis in Lauren Hill. Measure planets by parallax. My rhymes are the type of fly rhymes. My buddy Dan put on the score record while we were playing this game. What was the name of that game? Somebody Somebody texted me what game I was playing with Dan, what the name of that was? Password or something. It's a fun game. I might have to throw that in the recommended section. But he threw on the uh, the score, the Fugees. That that al- album stands up. Maybe because it was just because it was on vinyl, it sounded so good. Right? We heard from. It's the name of that princess. You need to give the new name. But it's only a story. <laughs> from never ending story Sebastian needs to give the princess a new name heard uh, quickly from a tribe called Quest we be the number one motivators off their album motivators from Beats Rhymes and Life which as I've talked about before was a formative record for me played it in my Hooptie my Grand Safari Pontiac had the tape on loop as I was learning to drive. We heard from Royal Tenenbaum, and as we've talked about before, in these mashups, I'm going to end up just playing the entire Royal Tenenbaums. How often does he ha- have you guys working out? 16 times a week? I'm going to start working out 16 times a week. Get swole. So... We got a lot of show today. It was uh, thank you to Kent for filling in last week, but I got I got two two weeks worth of, of program ready to bust out of the gate as Bremer and McCoy come in with Hojer, the official backing band of Race to the Bottom. Thank you to Bremer and McCoy. Yeah, but I got a lot to talk about and the first thing that I need to talk about is march sadness. We started this last year as at the race to the bottom was the flywheel was first getting pushed. And we did we did contests and this this is a This is a teaching moment, or an illustrative moment. I did... Last year's March Sadness was all my memories competing against one another in a bracket-style tournament. All my saddest memories. No death allowed. Although I think I did say last year, talked about my dog dying, but... That's not allowed this year. And I'm not in the bracket. That's a conflict of interest. You all have been sending me your saddest memories, small little things, no death, please. I don't wanna profane. Is that a verb? What's the verb of profane? I don't wanna disrespect your truly sad memories. Give us something small, getting dumped losing a keepsake little things childhood memories like I'll I'll give a I'll give one I might have told this on on the air before I don't care when I was in first grade I guess it was on the first day of first grade first or second day the teacher said okay uh, I want you to put your name on the top of this paper and we're gonna do a little thing here I could not remember how to write my name I. they talk about the things kids lose over the summer they lose a couple reading levels I lost the ability to write my name but the teacher thought that I was just being a Weisenheimer so she sent me out in the hallway said you can't come back in here until you write your name on that paper I sat out in the hallway and cried like I'd never cried before desk all wet with my tears it's like the desk was like so wet that if I tried to put my head down to cover my shame I would have potentially drowned in my own tears How's that for an image? And then the gym... I don't remember... This... Another illustrative moment here. Don't remember the first grade teacher. Don't remember her name. This was at the Williams School. But I remember the gym teacher's name who came up and said, What's wrong? And I said, I I can't remember how to write my name and my teacher doesn't believe me. And I... uh." It was Mr. Stein, Coach Stein. He said, what's your name? And I said, Jonathan. He said, wow, that's a long name. Maybe that's part of why you can't remember it. Can you remember anything? And I said, I know it starts with a J. And so he helped me write my name, and I went back into the classroom. That's a sad moment. Okay? March sadness. I've, I, it, lo- it looks like we're going to do a sweet 16. I need about four or five more memories to do a sweet 16. Or if they start flooding in, well, what if we, I will have to jump to a 32? Because it has to be divisible, right? Might have to throw in a couple ringer memories. West Montgomery a day in the life My reach my research team says that you can use the word you can profane a memory it can be a verb Thank you, research team. And research team, I now want you to look up what's the name of the game that we played with Dan. Got a good research team up in here. So, yeah, uh, deadline for your memories is tomorrow, March 1st, by the end of uh, COB. COB tomorrow. Close of business day. That's five five o'clock. Next week we start with probably the Sweet 16. Unless there's a crazy influx of enough memories to justify a, a whole nother bracket. You can uh, text me if you've got my text. You can call in at uh 718-928-9732, or you can email me at race to the B at gmail.com. Race to the all all the words. B, that's the letter. Race to the B. Okay? Okay. Got that squared away. Now, it's time for something that we like to call... We like to call it uh, Recommended, because that's the name of the... That's the, its name.
2: It's a recommendation. Recomm-
4: I flew through the book My Antonia. You read that? Willa Cather? Dang, it's good. You got exploration of class. You've got the Nebraska Prairie. Immigration. Young love. It's excellent. Also, I recommend the rapper Danny Brown. Never really listened to him. I was on the way to uh, the opening day of the Mets spring training in Port St. Lucie with my friend Dan. We were talking about what hip-hop we were into these days. We listened to some Freddie Gibbs and Mad Lib. Then he said, have you checked out Danny Brown? I said, no, I've seen him. I've seen he's got a... Show on Vice. I've seen his picture in the subway, but I haven't listened to him. He threw it on. It's great. He's got this crazy rapping voice. Super funny. Good stuff. He's like a cross between like uh, Fat Lip from Farside, Andre 3000, and, and Method Man. No, not Method Man. Red Man. Check this out. I also recommend Better Call Saul, season five. Just started it up. It's still dang good it's with the guy from little women the dad from it's with the dad from little women this guy bob odenkirk everybody knows him as the dad who comes in at near the end of the movie with his bushy sideburns almost won an oscar for that but he's 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 also a comedian The Breaking Bad's the sequel I mean uh, Better Call Saul is the sequel to Breaking Bad It's in the same universe The BB universe And then finally Didn't think I would like it Love it It's this show Cheer On Netflix about cheerleaders Just saw the first episode I can't wait to watch the rest of it It's intense Like this So we will be getting to the a big old political checkup soonly. I was getting on the airplane. The guy said, we'll'll we'll be boarding soonly. Don't think you can put an ly on soon like that, my friend, but I but you did it, and I'm going to do it." Like I said when I, I, like I overheard when I was going to Albuquerque. The glory days of flying are over. Man, ain't that the case. It's like getting on the airplane. You ever have somebody say this? They say, I'm trying to get out of your way. They hit the your real hard. I'm just trying to get out of your way. Which I feel like by the inflection of that, the person is saying you're in my way, right? Right? What am I missing? Tell me what I'm missing, I wanna know. More Bremer and McCoy. So here here we go, guys, we're gonna do a round of sound. Got a couple songs I wanna play and this in this round of sound is brought to you by our Drive to Five. Radio Free Brooklyn is turning five in May. We want to be on the air for at least five more years, and to do that, we need $25,000. We're about a, a, uh, 40% of the way there. We need your help. This is our, my one-year anniversary show on this station. I love it here. If you've got a spare five bucks, go donate and on, on behalf of Race to the Bottom so I don't have to find a, a new home for this show. Okay? If you are listening to this on, the, um, on your computer, you can download the mobile app for your iPhone or, um, Google, or in the Google Play Store for Android. It works great. And sign up for our newsletter, radiofreebrooklyn.org newsletter. We only hit you up once once a month. We don't flood you. Code name was the name of the this fun fun game that I was playing when we were listening to the score. Thank you again to our crack research team. We also have some some great uh, premium. Gifts for the drive to five. Go to radiofreebrooklyn.org slash drive to five to find out more. Got some awesome t shirts and stuff. I gotta make a race to the bottom t shirt. Gotta do it. Right? Okay. So I've had this song stuck in my head for like two weeks. And it's off of a um George Harrison's self-titled album. George Harrison. That was released my birth year, 1979. And the song's called Soft Touch, and it's so good. Race to the Bottom. Shout out to Rena, who said that that was the one 8 track she ever owned. It's good, right? Underrated. Everybody focuses on all things must pass. Pass. Uh, Beach House, Zebra. Cold weather is now upon us is your car prepared hi i'm johnny from johnny's automotive at johnny's we worry about things and check them for you so you don't have to worry about them and check them what about your wiper blades can they stand up to an ice storm how's your heater doing have you checked it recently what about your brakes at johnny's we make sure that your car is ready to do the job and fight hard against jack frost and his wintry mix of friends come on down to the corner of crisco road and popular creek the Johnny's, we do it right and then check it. That's Johnny's way. See you soon. I
6: just don't want to be your president to be forty five president. president. 45 I want to is over. be
4: your president to
6: do the job.
1: I know you're ready for some
4: Thank you, Johnny, as always, for your undying, unwavering support. I'm about to sing, uh, At Your Best You Are Loved again. No, I won't do that. Oh, man, it's been a crazy two weeks. It's time for What in the Crap. What in the
1: Crap? What in the
4: Crap? What? so i don't usually think that omelet bar is funny i there was actually a guy who called into the show while kent was hosting last week this guy tibbs who he thinks omelet bar's hilarious he does he said he doesn't get into politics but he he thinks he thinks his jokes are good He he said it was like before Louis C.K. got canceled, how Louis would do like a, uh, an hour each year, he'd throw away his material, and people would be really, uh, you know, impressed that Louis always did these new hours. He, this this guy Tibbs that called in said that it's like Almut Bar does a new hour at each one of his rallies. All new, <laughs> he throws all out all his material. I don't know if that's true. But speaking of fu- funny, funny omelet bar stuff, I have to say I was—I talked about how I, I liked that Brad Pitt said I had forty-five sec. They tell me I have forty-five seconds to accept this award, and that's longer than John Bolton. I said Michael Bolton last week or two weeks ago when I talked about this. When John Bolton, he said that's longer than John Bolton got in front of the Senate to testify. I thought that was a nice quip you make your political point, you move on, unlike uh, Joaquin but Bar called Brad Pitt a wise guy he kept calling him a wise guy which I think is hilarious it's like he's his son or something I don't know why I think that's funny. It's like when he called Deborah Messing, Deborah the Mess Messing. It's just so dumb, it's funny. Speaking of so dumb, but this is not so dumb that it's not funny, Uh, Kenan Thompson is hosting the correspondence dinner. We're all looking forward to that. I talked about how uh Chuck Todd is an example and this I get this kind of from Tom Sharpling host of the best show but you got these guys if they hold on long enough like Dick Clark or something Ryan Seacrest if they just ho- hold on and don't get fired they somehow rise to the top Keenan Thompson I think is an example of that as well So that's what in the crap. I'm not going to talk about coronavirus. You can get that 17,000 other places. But I am going to talk about who you want to win and who's going to win. Who do you want to win and who's going to win? Ooh, we got a lot to talk about. Since our last confession, um, Bernie won Iowa. Right? No. Bernie won Nevada. Well, he won New Hampshire. But we talked... Since we last talked... Bernie won Nevada. Not Nevada. Nevada. And who knows? Maybe this... Bernie's got a flywheel thing happening. He went up against the Culinary Workers Union. And one thing I wanted to say... there, So the, the, these culinary workers... Their bosses in Nevada... We're saying, no, you can't, you can't do Medicare for all because then we'll, then this healthcare thing we fought for, you guys got good healthcare, you'll lose that. And then, look, the point of a union, whether you're for Bernie or not, or Medicare for all or not, the point of the union should, should, it shouldn't be like a zero sum game where, oh, well, you guys got healthcare, so Sorry can't do anything else for you a union's supposed to make things better so if they get if they you know if they get their health care from other means then negotiate for a a better salary it's not that complicated like biden getting all mad mad biden we got a phone call race to the bottom
2: john jake
4: oh my goodness good let me get my levels set I want to make you sound really good here. Guys, wow. this is I need
6: all the I need all the help I can get.
4: This is my Guys, this is my buddy Jake Frankel calling in. Um and Jake is a lot of what I would say he he was kind of my original political guru. Um <laughs> Jake, I remember we Jake and I lived together after college and we had a TV and I was like Kept flipping the channels and I kept going to like MTV. And he was like, Why are you going to MTV? MTV's horrible. I was like, Well, what do you watch? He was like, Go to CNN and MSNBC. It's more interesting. Watch the news. And that's where it started, right, Jake?
6: I think that's a good, good summation. I don't remember exactly like that, but if that's a good myth. That's a good myth. It's very, you know, it's a good story.
4: So I got Jake. That's
6: what radio is about.
4: Yeah, you gotta, you gotta uh, t- get your narrative going, and then, and then Jake yeah, taught me about narrative. the importance of political narratives, also.
6: Yeah, the media narrative. The media narrative. Yeah, sorry. And look Not- at you now—you're like all grown up, like creating your own media narrative. I'm so I know.
4: Proud. I know. Um. So. So I got. We're gonna do something today called Jake's takes. Right. I need to get. Yeah. I need to get a stinger for that. You've done radio. You know what a stinger is. I've
6: heard of stingers before. Yeah.
4: Stingers are. Uh, I need something that's like Jake's takes. Jake's Jake, 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 You know that I can press right whenever you call in. I'll make one of those. Jake's Yeah.
6: <laughs> with my Politico pal, yeah.
4: Yes. Exactly.
6: Oh, can and I be so- your Politico pal? Your well, political pal.
4: Well. Yeah, uh it's kind of a, so- a kind of a sore subject, Jake. Um, and I'm sorry I haven't mentioned this yet on the show today. Our buddy from Politico, Bob Ball, is st- Yeah. Is still missing. Um
6: Oh God, I'm worried about him. Yeah. Uh
4: he's been missing now for uh three three weeks. And uh if you have any information uh. Uh, on the whereabouts of Bob Ball, who disappeared um like Monday night. Uh, right, leading into the Tuesday New Hampshire primary, please. I just say, but con- at this at this point, contact the authorities. Don't even contact me. I mean, let me know. You know, but um, it's sad. Yeah, do-
6: it's do- weird. It's weird. I've been checking Politico, and you know, no bylines. Yeah. Um, last I heard, anything of him was on your show when he was live from New Hampshire,
4: and he seemed off.
6: Yeah, he did seem a little off. I just figured it was a lot of, you know, late nights. Yeah. You know, working for Politico, but who knows? That guy is a legend.
4: I know, and uh, hopefully, you know, there's there's stuff all over. There's hashtag uh, find hashtag find the ball um, on uh, Twitter, so you can follow what's going on with that on. uh, Yeah,
6: I saw. Unfortunately, I saw. Some some haters um, using the hashtag bye bye ball, oh. like they're like somehow you know these creeps are somehow happy he's
4: gone. Yeah, you know? like it's a home run or something, but it's not. It's like a right. bad a bad home run, like the opposite team's home run. Yeah, right. Um, okay, so Jake, here's here's what I'd like to do. I have a ton of stuff to get through, and then I'll just I'll just yeah. uh I'll chime it. I'll let you chime in on some different stuff. Yeah. It's that's been...
6: great. You get, keep going. I was listening. I'll just I'll just quit as as I see fit.
4: OK, so I want to talk about Buttigieg for a second. Um, and uh, speaking of Bob Ball, uh, we, we, Bob Ball and I kind of cracked the story that when people are voting for Mayor Pete, they think that they're voting for him to just be the mayor of their town. So that's what a lot of people are confused <laughs> in the in the voting booth. So a lot. That's, that's Bob Ball
6: for you. Yeah, you know, just dropping insight bombs all over the place. <laughs>
4: um, so a thing that I wanted to bring up is is Buttigieg likes to critique uh Bernie. He pr- critique Bernie's uh, campaign as divisive and confrontational and stuff, and says that um you know, Buttigieg says he can bring. Some, he's like, when we wake up the day after uh, Donald Trump is no longer in office, we're going to wake up in a very divided country. And he says that somehow Buttigieg can bring the healing. What evidence does Buttigieg have, have that he's the guy that can, can heal uh, the nation? I guess that's rhetorical. Jake, do you have any idea?
6: Uh oh. My main feedback on that is that your, uh, impression of Mayor Pete was <laughs> more like Obama. Oh, yeah. And I think actually, uh, uh, Mayor Pete would really be complimented by that because obviously he has a little bit of an Obama complex and he wish he, he, you know, he wishes he was as good of a speaker as Obama. Yeah. You know, but, you know, obviously there's, there's zero evidence. At all that he would be a uniting figure. In fact, it sounds like he was quite polarizing as as you know, mayor of Little South Bend. Yeah, um, I think he thinks of himself in much bigger terms as you know he really is. To me, he just comes across as kind of like a really annoying middle school debate champion.
4: <laughs> or or like uh, my buddy Dan said, it's kind of if you've ever worked in a. A business and this was mayor Pete's uh role at uh whatever that uh place he worked at I'm blanking on the name uh the consultant firm but he he's yeah. like a he's a consultant that comes in and tells you how to do your job when you, he's never actually done your job and,
6: yeah exactly and that's exactly how he comes across yeah and then you know also someone who will right like fire fire you yeah uh basically after McKin- telling you it's you not know, McKinsey. He knows more about your job than you
4: do it's not McKinsey. uh it's my research team something like that oh it is McKinsey. my research team's on the ball not on the bob ball um something that that bootages you talked about how he talks he one thing he does which al gore used to do this is he'll uh like do a fake laugh while he's talking like he'll be like the thing is that and it's just like uh, to try to bring some levity to the points he's making to be more likable and i am not into that um okay yeah <laughs> so the there's been two debates since our last race to the bottom the 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 debate in nevada was the third most watched television event of the year after the Oscars and the Super Bowl uh, had huge ratings, and it was kind of a Warren Bloomberg showdown, right? Right, Jake?
6: Yeah, I thought that was one of the most entertaining um, debates I've ever seen. I thought it was just absolutely masterful how warren just completely obliterated him yeah and the backstory drama was so kind of (laughs) interesting too in the sense that you know she beat scott brown the republican incumbent of massachusetts to win that senate seat and at the time bloomberg was, you know, strongly in support of Brown spoke and you know, up for him and gave him a lot of money. And this was Warren's chance for revenge. And And man, it was a beautiful thing to watch.
4: But then the South Carolina debate, it was like it had the same kind of acrimony. But, uh, you know, I've talked on this show speaking. We talked about media narratives and everybody, you know, they. The media all comes up with a, with a word to describe that they all use. Like, Iowa was a debacle. Uh, the South Carolina debate, everyone said, used the word chaos. In every, like, headline, every time anyone talked about the South Carolina debate, they just used the word chaos. Um, the media narrative is that Biden did well. He's kind of on an upswing going into... Uh, into South Carolina, and I just pulled this one clip that I thought was really funny of, of Biden. Uh, everybody was talking past the moderators, and, and then uh, Biden uh, said, said this.
2: We are going to continue to move closer to make sure that we can, in fact, prevent, China, prevent North Korea from launching missiles to take okay. them down, and if we don't, why am I stopping? No one else stops.
1: Okay. <laughs> 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 okay, sir. That's my
2: Catholic school
0: training. <laughs> okay. <So. clears throat> Vice President so Biden, coming... you're a gentleman. Good home training. Thank yeah. you, sir. Uh, thank
2: Gentlemen you. don't get very well treated up here.
4: So, yeah, it was that was kind of an insight into how crazy that debate was. Um,
6: well, that was a backslide because up until that point, I felt like his, his advisors had just finally gotten it, gotten their point across that, like, stop cutting yourself off. Yeah, it's so weird. In all the debates up until this one, he kept cutting himself off, and it made him just look, like, weak, and he had no idea what he was talking about. And up until that one moment, he kept kind of, like, more so than before, like, fighting for his time and yeah. you know, not letting himself be cut off in this righteous way, and then he just backlit into just, like, complete awkward cutting himself off zone is so weird
4: yeah but i guess he kind of saved it by by making a joke out of it but um and the weird i think part of the weird dynamic of the south carolina debate is you had the hot billionaire on billionaire action you had steyer up there uh (laughs) and bloomberg and uh, uh which was really weird um Something that I notice, speaking of just the way people talk, you know, Bernie and Bloomberg have the kind of New York, uh, I guess Bloomberg's more of a a, a Massachusetts guy, uh, but they both cut their R. you know, they don't say their R's, like healthcare uh, kind of thing, but then they both do this thing where they put an R on things that don't have an R, like uh, Bloomberg says Obama, uh, which is yeah. is interesting. A rusher, the most annoying rusher. one is
6: I, idea.
4: Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's like they lose the Rs, and on some words, so they have to replace them onto words that don't have Rs, so they still uh, get their quota or something. Um, and yeah, then
6: I think Kerry did that too. I don't think it bodes well for a presidential candidate. Have we ever had a presidential candidate actually win who puts Rs? On words that don't have R's.
4: Maybe Kennedy? Uh, I don't know. I'd have to go back yeah. and listen. But Bloomberg did this thing where he was trying to do jokes, and this is the worst one. Here, Here's this. Play! Well, I think what's right for New York City isn't necessarily right for all the other <laughs> cities. Otherwise, you'd have a naked cowboy in every city. Oh. His jokes. <laughs> were so bad. uh and then the other weird thing about the South Carolina debate was, um, the, you know, was like the moderates, like everybody talks about how much Buttigieg and, and, um, and Klobuchar hate each other. but in, And you have these moderates all vying, in, and everybody's making this point, but I'll just say it again. If these moderates are really kind of hate uh, Bernie or Warren or whatever— they need to, if they're part of the establishment, right, the establishment should be able to have some control over itself and get somebody to drop out or multiple people and pick one candidate. It's ridiculous. Um, but speaking of Amy, here's here's her uh, uh, often repeated uh, weirdest thing she said.
3: Can I look at these proposals and say, do they hurt my Uncle Dick in the deer stand? They do not.
4: What do you think about the dick in the deer stand, Jake?
6: <laughs> <laughs> Man, I missed that. I I didn't catch that.
4: She said these, during the debate. Yeah, the date. she said
6: some of I these. I don't know. Maybe that's some weird middle Midwest thing. You know?
4: Yeah, I, it's it's weird. It's definitely weird. I uh, so then the I, I thought that I'll end on on this with you, Jake. This um. Bernie in uh Cuba, people wanted to bring up whether uh you know how horrible it was that that bernie had had praised certain aspects of of Cuban society or their government uh bringing health care or bringing uh um their literacy rates up to like ninety percent um and i just i found this a uh, uh, clip of Obama talking about this just for some context
5: and i I said this to President Castro in Cuba. I said, look, you've made great progress in educating uh, chil- uh, young people. Uh, every child in Cuba gets a basic education. That's that's a, a huge improvement from where it was. Medical care. You know, the, the, the life expectancy of Cubans is equivalent to the United States, despite it being a very poor country because they have access to health care. That's a huge achievement. They should be congratulated.
4: So that's pretty horrible that Obama said that, right, Jake?
6: (laughs) Well, (laughs) it's true. It's a true statement. And, you know, Bernie's statement is is also true. He said, you know, basically the same thing. And, you know, I don't understand this media narrative where if you praise, you know, uh, Cuba's increase in literacy rate somehow... That means you think everything is great about their dictatorship. You yeah. can think that it's good that they the literacy rates, while also thinking a lot of the stuff about the dictatorship is bad.
4: Yeah, and you know, and if if people are interested in the history of of Cuba and the U.S., I mean, it's it's very complicated. But basically, the uh, not just in Cuba, but a lot of socialist leaders and. These people who who want to make big changes in their country have kind of been incentivized to become more authoritarian and militaristic by the constant threat of coup or CIA intervention in their country by the United States. I mean, the United States loves jumping into these countries and sowing dissent, and it only makes these people get more uh, of an iron grip on power. So that's also a context.
6: Yeah. Well, unfortunately, the media narrative so often can't get beyond just like good and bad. It's like, wait, no, Cuba is bad, not good. What do you mean? How could you say they're
4: good? They're bad.
6: Right. Exactly. And then, you know, this whole thing with this race is despite, you know, in, in a lot of ways, the kind of. Like, um, lessening of the power of the media. I've seen the media narrative be more powerful than ever this race. I mean, yeah, every time they have a narrative, it's reflected in the polls, you know, and my guess is that we're going to see today is Biden, um, you know, winning South Carolina. And then, you know, the whole media narrative will be, you know, Biden versus Bernie, you know, Biden's back. Exactly. You know, what's going to happen? And then and then, you know, Biden will probably go up in the polls. And, you know, some of the races will get closer between those two and for Super Tuesday.
4: Well, Jake, thank you for your takes. Um, I got to right. get ready for the next show. Uh, please call back soon. And uh, thank you for being my my original uh, political Yoda.
6: Thanks, man. Talk
4: to you soon. All right, bye. Uh, race to the bottom. We will talk to you next week. It's this is our one year anniversary show. Thanks for being a part of it. Bye. This is Kate Bush with cloud busting.
1: I still dream.